podcast by the ATA Slavic Languages Division. This is Veronica Demichelis. And this is Ekaterina Howard. In today's episode, we're happy to welcome the Black Squirrel Translator Collective. Uh, Victoria Chavez-Cruzy, um, Elizabeth Nelson, Jamie Hartz, and Mary McKee. All these ladies are Spanish into English translators who graduated from Kent State University. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for having us. So before we start, uh, would you like to um, introduce yourselves? Yes. Victoria, why don't you start? Okay, great. Um, I'm Victoria, and I, like Veronica mentioned, graduated from Kent State, and that was in 2013, and I work as a freelance translator and editor in the medical and life sciences field, um, and I'm based in Northeast Ohio. I'm Jamie, and I also, like um, everyone has said, do Spanish to English translation. I work in the legal and commercial fields, uh, and I graduated from Kent State in 2015. I do freelance translation and transcription. I'm Elizabeth, and I am also a Spanish into English translator specializing in life sciences in the medical field. I graduated from Kent State in 2015 and work as a freelance translator in Minnesota. I'm Mary. I graduated from Kent State in 2014. I live in Seattle now, and I work usually in life sciences, marketing, and commercial fields with some additional more fun projects in other fields. I forgot to mention that I live in Pennsylvania. That was Jamie. Thank you for letting us know. So let's jump into our questions. You guys have published an article in the ATA Chronicle uh, that features a story of how the Black Squirrel Translator Collective was created. Could you recap it briefly for the listeners who haven't had the chance to read the article? Yeah, this is Mary here. I was hearing ATA President Corinne McKay present about the topic of finding a translation partner, someone you can trust and work with, bounce ideas off, and refer your clients to if you're unavailable. And I immediately thought of several fellow graduates of the Kent State program, Victoria, Jamie, and Elizabeth. Um, we graduated from the program in three different cohorts, but we intersected at different times. And since our graduation had worked together on different projects for various clients. Um, so I approached them and after some discussion, we decided to create this informal collective that had a recognizable name, but no formal legal structure so that we could more easily market ourselves, collaborate when necessary, um, and stay in contact with, other, with each other a little more closely. That was in October 2016 and we still are going strong as the Black Squirrel Translator Collective this year. So I was really excited to read your article because this idea has been on my mind for a while. Um, I can see that there are many benefits to working together as a translator collective, but um, I wanted to ask you a question about uh, one, a particular one of them. Does being, or how does being part of um, the collective help you in terms of avoiding burnout or overwhelm? Well, for us, uh, one of the greatest benefits of this collective is combating the isolation of freelancing. It's hard to be the only one at your computer, not in an office. Um, so it's really nice knowing that I do have these three colleagues who can relate to the ups and downs of working as a freelance translator. Because um, we all know that some days business can be slow, which is frustrating, but other days are super chaotic which is also frustrating. <laughs> um, but we use the Slack app to communicate on a daily basis, which makes it feel like we 
kind of have coworkers or people who we can socialize with. And we have different channels for different topics, um, ranging from medical and legal related translation queries to a furry friends channel where we share pictures of pets or kids. And um, we even have some more fun channels for haikus. So using this um, app allows us to share our joy in um, the freedom of being a freelancer and being able to take a walk outside, um, you know, step out for fresh air or our gratitude for being able to take our work on the road. But it also allows us to be able to vent about our frustrations and um, have people to touch base with. So it's just super helpful to have people on the other end of this cyber workspace to communicate with on a daily basis and, you know, people who understand what the job entails. And coming from Mary, I took maternity leave between the end of 2017 and early 2018, and I was really stressed out and overwhelmed about having to come back and break back into the industry, but knowing that these women were there for me, and even though we don't have a super high volume of group workflow, I could just jump back in with them on any project that did come up, lifted my stress level a lot. I can imagine that that's that's a huge relief. You know, I have two little kids myself, and uh, with the with the last of them, the youngest one, he's two years old now. Um, I had that same feeling. You know, I had, and my plan was to come back to work fairly quickly, but then you never know how life really turns out. And mm-hmm. um, having having colleagues, trusted colleagues that you work with and that you can rely on, um, is is really important. All right. So speaking of. Um working with others, do you feel that working within your collective has changed the way you approach translation? Yeah, this is Jamie here. Um, I would say that working with the collective and working with these ladies has helped uh, me to value the skill sets of my colleagues so much more um, and just value like the process of editing and the quality control process that we have in place. Um, Because even though we all have really similar backgrounds, similar training, similar skill sets. Um, just having a second set of eyes look at a translation and be able to go back and forth um, with you about questions you might have on a translation or things you aren't sure about, um, it just brings to light how valuable that is and how helpful it is um, to have a second set of eyes look at your translation. And we also definitely have seen that um, it helps us to provide more valuable feedback. Um, So because a lot of times our process will involve uh, one step of translation and then an editing review stage and then a validation by the translator, um, there's a constant like flow of feedback between the translator and the editor and it helps you just be more aware of how you give and receive your feedback. Um, So it just helps us to be just more conscious of how we uh, work in our own editing processes and in our own translation processes. Um, And then also to be able to pinpoint the skill sets of other people. Like, um, for example, Victoria is really amazing at deciphering handwriting. And I particularly know that medical is not my strong point. So to be able to have these ladies that I can come to when I have a question uh, that might come up has been really great to have. Well, what about your workflows? Do you feel like you have been of standardizing them through this collaboration or they will still vary for each of you? Um, I think that every project deserves its own, you know, its own workflow and its own process, but we definitely have been able to find a groove of how our workflow as a collective works. Um, In particular, like 
who prefers to translate, who prefers to edit, and then the, that validation step um, has become a little more standardized just because um, we all kind of know how each other works and we know how uh, best to be able to provide feedback. Like, you know, is it better to leave a comment? Is it better to leave a comment for the client? Is it better to go ahead and like make the change and track the change in Microsoft Word, things like that. Um, so I wouldn't say that we have like one standard process that we always adhere to because every project is a little bit different, but um, we have definitely adapted to different processes and different like workflows over the last couple of years working together. So our next question had to do with the way you run your business as individuals. And I know that in your article, you mentioned that um, the Black Squirrel Translator Collective is really kind of serves as an umbrella. It's not, it's not your, the company that you'll own, but you, um, it kind of, it's, it's a, more of a branding, right? Yes. Yeah. So I feel that, you know, a lot of us who are freelancers and we all wear a lot of hats, but what we really, or what most of us do and love um, is really translation or interpreting, depending on who you ask. But um, a lot of people forget or don't know how to properly run their business as a business. And many people don't like marketing um, and, and the networking part. Do you feel that your mindset has changed when it comes to these things? No, I think that we all uh, see the Black Squirrel Collective as serving very important purposes for us, as we've mentioned. Um, but it also helps us increase the amount of work we're giving, we're getting um, because we have four people doing outreach and offering our services um, to end clients or agencies. Um, so it's really important to us to make sure that we're maintaining our individual businesses, but also cultivating the, the collective's work. Um, it's helpful because we have three different time zones covered throughout our, our members. So it allows us to be available to respond to client requests more quickly. Um, we can hand things off if one of us is leaving the office because we have an appointment or we just need to go work out at the gym. Um, so it's, it's a nice compliment to running our own individual businesses. And it actually, for me at least, it makes it seem like marketing is less difficult because I have more people helping me with it. What do you guys think, ladies? Yeah, and I think too, when I'm, when I'm about to quote a new job or pitch services to a client, um, I definitely stop and think beforehand whether this client would benefit from the services of our team um, even if even if they just contacted me individually or if I'm at a networking event where I wasn't necessarily planning on pitching the Black Squirrel Translator Collective. So I think that working with this collective has made me a less uh, selfish freelancer, I guess. And I think that's helped in the marketing. It kind of cuts down on that lone wolf, every person for themselves mentality of freelancing. Um, and I don't think for me, the, the competition in freelance was very healthy. And so my mindset on that has definitely changed since I started and kind of to be able to focus more on collaboration, why that is an added value for the client. Um, and it ben that benefits me individually and also the collective. That's interesting. Can you, t can you tell us more about the, uh, the mindset shift, like in terms of everyone against everybody else? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when you kind of – well, at least for me, when I was starting out as a freelancer, like I had this idea that every time I was going to quote 
um, for a project or try to get a new client that I had to say why I was, you know, better than everyone else. Um, and so I think it's really important to recognize the talents and skill set of my colleagues and to be able to say, like, actually, like, I'm not very good at that, but I know someone who is or, um, you know, that combined our skills can be a benefit to, to you as a client. So for me, that's that's been kind of the biggest shift, um, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of the collaboration versus competition mindset. Yeah, I would add, this is Jamie, just that um, I think when you're just getting started, there's this temptation to snatch up any project that comes your way, even if it's not within your area of expertise or like level of competency. And it, it being part of the collective and having other people with different specializations or different strengths helps us to realize that like it's a give and take. So, you know, I might not be strong in the medical area. And so I am happy, like I'm happier unless, um, you know, I'm not holding on as tightly to every project that comes my way because I know that I can share with the collective or with my colleagues um, projects that might come my way that are within their areas of expertise and know that it all kind of comes full circle eventually and maybe something will come up down the road that um, would work out for me. Um, and you don't have to be afraid of someone like stealing your client or something like that um, just because we have that level of trust with each other. What about you, Mary and Elizabeth? I mean, I agree. This is Elizabeth. I just agree that working as the collective makes it more invaluable to the clients as well, just because we are able to cover all of the bases within our group and we communicate so closely about every step of the project. So nothing, you know, everything is covered by us. We cover all the bases and communicate and it's not, you know, an outside editor that you're contacting and aren't sure, you know, about this or that, but it's, people that we have experience working with and it just kind of builds us up and builds up our skill set um, instead of, you know, like Victoria said, you don't have to be uh, having the lone wolf mentality thinking, I need to get this project. This is my client. Instead, it's our client that we are more able to serve with all of our skill sets together. For me, there's also, uh, I have a constant fear that I'm professionally inadequate, even if I have experience in a particular field. So working with editors that I trust and translators that I trust, I feel a little more willing to say, hey, you know, I really had trouble with this phrase. This is kind of my best option that I've come up with. Can you think of something better? And then often just kind of spitballing and bouncing ideas off of each other, we can come to a better solution than either of us might have done separately. Um, and that goes for even projects where I'm not necessarily translating editing with a member of the collective, but just a project I'm doing on my own with a separate client, I might say, oh, I, I have this word and I know I've seen it before. What is this word? And someone will just drop it right out of their hat and they'll know exactly what I'm looking for and searching for. And so that has really made me appreciate my colleagues a lot more than I might if all of our communication were via email and we're having to wait for the feedback or maybe not getting any feedback from an editor. 
And so how much time would you say you spend on, on your Slack channel every day? <laughs> oh, there's a question. <laughs> it's kind of just up in the background for me. This is Jamie. It's just kind of there. I don't usually have the notifications on, but when I feel like I need a break, a mental break from whatever project I'm working on, I open it up and see what conversations are going on or if I feel like I need to just, uh, you know, release some stress, you know, share whatever I'm working on or share uh, whatever's going on in life. So, I mean, a couple times a day, I would say we all wind up chit-chatting with each other. Yeah, and day. Oh. Yeah, and I was just going to say, it's really nice to kind of have the opportunity to have a more informal way, you know, compared to, e you know, sending an email. You wouldn't send an email and say, hey, how is your day going, Jamie? Mm -hmm. um, but being able to use Slack, I mean, I think it just helps to have kind of a more informal way for us to communicate about both the work-related things and personal things that come up also on a day-to-day -day basis. I think it's also nice that it's asynchronous. So, you know, there are some days where I'm probably on Slack, like, way too much and everybody's getting annoyed with me because like I'm you know all these random things and here's a bunch of pictures of my dog and then other days you know I don't really get a chance to look at it at all so um, it's nice that like Jamie said you can kind of just when you have a break pop on there and see what conversations are going on and then if you're really busy you can kind of just turn off the notifications and um, not let it be a distraction. And sometimes a couple days will go by and one of us will post like a little cricket emoji because it's been so quiet on the Slack because we haven't had any joint projects and we're all busy with other things. And, you know, after a while, we'll always reconnect on there. Sometimes we'll have um, in-person virtual meetings with all of our video chats on through some other platform and we'll get to really be present with each other for you know, half an hour, an hour, if there's something that we need to discuss that seems faster verbally, or we just haven't seen each other in a while, they want to see someone's cat, they want to see someone's child. Um, but yeah, it really absolutely depends on the day. So it sounds like for you, the benefits are not just professional, but also social and emotional. What about the clients? Do you feel like the clients um, that know that you work as a part of, a, of your collective um, approach working with you a little bit differently? Yeah, so we have a couple of repeat clients that we work with um, and they kind of direct their emails to all of us and then between the four of us we'll decide who's responding or if someone posts on the Slack channel and no one else responds and they just go ahead and reply. So it allows us a lot more flexibility than an individual freelancer might have. And I think the clients are grateful for that level of responsiveness. Um, and from our side, we're a little bit more loyal to that client because we know that they have given us repeat business. So we might be a little more likely to say, well, they just sent us a small project. It might only take half an hour. If it were any other client, I might not take it because it doesn't seem worth my time. But since it's this client that I work with all the time, I'll go ahead and take it. I'll stay a couple extra minutes. We'll get up a few minutes early to turn it in um, to be able to serve that client because we know that they rely on us and we rely on them. Um, so we do see that kind of retention of our clients because of our collective. I think it was really fun to... Um 
at one of the ATA conferences that we went to recently, we got to meet some of the project managers for one of the, the clients that we work with on a regular basis as a collective. And it was really fun because pe even people who weren't project managers but were in that company were like, oh yeah, we've heard of you guys. Like that was, you guys are great. Like we love you. So that was kind of fun that, um, you know, that we were recognized in, as a kind of a, an essential team for that, that company. This is amazing. I just love this. Um, so I understand that you will be celebrating or your collective will be celebrating your third year anniversary this year. Looking back at when you started uh, working together, is there something you would have done differently? And what is your vision for the future of the collective? Oh, this is Jamie. So it's funny when you said we're celebrating our three-year anniversary. It, like, There's a disconnect in my brain because I don't really, I can't imagine freelancing without the Black Squirrels translator collective with me I just think it would be so isolating and um, just lonely basically working from home um, and not being able to collaborate the way we do so um, it's just it's exciting that we've been together for three years um, looking back uh, I don't think that there's any one thing that we would have done differently um, it's been more just a journey of growing and adapting as we move along um, as we each individually move along in our own freelance journeys and then also as we adapt and, and grow as a collective. So there are different little things that we've changed when we noticed something wasn't working or we hadn't thought about it before. So for example, like we'll usually give a percentage to each of the people, each of the linguists that plays a part in each of the projects that we work on, the translator and the editor, and then whoever has kind of handled the project management tasks for that client, responding to the email, sending the invoice, things like that. And so we've adjusted those percentages over the years just to make sure that everything is fair and everyone's getting the right share of the pie. Um, but it, that really has been the story all along of just um, realizing where there was a need or where there was something that needed to be adapted and then all discussing it and agreeing on something and seeing where it took us. Um, so that's kind of what we envision for the future, just continuing to keep our eyes open for ways to improve, um, continuing to um, support each other and stand behind each other as professionals and as you know, regular people, because we are all just people too. Um, and yeah, just continuing to grow as friends and as colleagues. This is Mary here. I see a future retreat at an all-inclusive resort in some sunny destination, maybe a cruise, you know. Doctors always have their conferences in sunny locations. Why couldn't we find a legal professional development reason to meet up in Mexico or Hawaii or the Bahamas? Yes, I am 100% behind that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board too. <laughs> Families, spouses, significant others, welcome. Yep. And you know what? Palm Springs will do for this year. Maybe the you know retreat won't be this year, but in the near future, at least the Black Squirrel Translator Collective can market itself at the ATA conference because three of four of us will be there this year. And so it's a good opportunity for us to market ourselves as a group in addition to our own individual companies and services. So definitely looking forward to Palm Springs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bet many of our listeners right now are very excited and they're thinking about starting their own translator collectives. What would be your tips for translators or interpreters who want to partner up with colleagues. This is Victoria here. 
So regardless of whether or not you're planning on creating a, you know, legal or something with a more kind of informal structure like we have, um, <clears throat> sorry, something that's not a legal entity, but it is a formal structure, um, set that structure up beforehand. I think that was one thing the Black Squirrels did that was has been really important um, in allowing us to be successful is that we clearly defined the roles and workflows and we figured out how payment would look, um, who would invoice. And I mean, granted, we've kind of shifted some of these things as we've gone along, but we have, you know, internal documents, like we have a folder, a shared folder with all the, all the documents we might need with our rate sheet, contact sheet. So we have all of that set up so that we're not kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And we always assign um, a point person to each potential client um, so that that person kind of is, is the consistent contact person and they can be consistent in their communication with the clients. So I think that that's important is to just kind of set up the structure, or at least know that you will have to set up some sort of structure um, if you plan on um, working with a collective in, in this way, um, like the way that we do. And um, yeah, I think other thing too is to decide if you're going to be working within one field or if you have a bit of an overlap. For example, our team kind of overlaps between legal and medical. Um, but, you know, if, you, if your collective is, you know, just medical or just legal or just commercial, kind of have decide that too and, and think about people that you trust and people that you would want to work with on a daily basis. Right. I'll just add, this is Elizabeth, I'll just add that. So if you do have that interest in, you know, teaming up with somebody just because you don't want to be totally on your own. Like Victoria said, you don't have to create a legal entity. You can work together. And as long as you create a vision with your collaborator, um, you just have to work towards that and market yourselves in a way that's beneficial to both you and your client. Um, so yeah, it can be a really good option. And we even um, had a graphic designer design a logo for us. And we have our business cards for the Black Squirrel Translator Collective. So that's another part of the uh, organization of our group that we've done is having some marketing um, strategies on hand and linked to our individual sites as well. This is Jamie. One thing I, I would add too is that uh, two of the like main components that I think really help this collective to work are the fact that we all work in the same language pair and the fact that we use Slack. Um, so you might have like friends or colleagues in the translation world that work in different translation or in different language pairs. Um, and I, I don't think it would be a difficult to work with them as like a social group, um, but so much of what we communicate about is about our work that we share together as translators and editors and about the like translation decisions and questions and terminology that we have questions about. So that's one like main thing that we are all able to share with each other. And then that Slack group, um, just I'll reiterate that the fact that it's asynchronous and you can jump in and have a conversation with someone whenever you're ready to or whenever you have time, especially with us being on different time zones is really, really helpful. And um, it just really adds a great component of like the social aspect to the collective. And if you don't know where to start, but want to try and find some collaborators, collaborators, you can take note of the people that you might be assigned with on um, other projects if you have the opportunity to connect with those people. So if you're always edited by a certain person, do you like their style? Do you think they do good work? 
you can email them and bring up the subject or you could meet them in face to face at the ATA conference or another event if they're in that area. Um, and just kind of see where it goes. Even if it doesn't work out with that person, it's a great way to make connections. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story and um, such great advice. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. And to our listeners, make sure you check out the show notes. Uh, We will include um, all of the ladies' bios and the links to their websites. And thanks for listening.